Hey everybody, welcome to the Future Is Now podcast. I'm your host, Spencer Nakamura, and I'm so glad and thankful that you guys are listening this morning. Hope that you guys are doing well. Hope that you're having a great week. I'm excited for this episode. You know, today's going to be a little bit different. We're just going to kind of be going through a couple verses that I've just been thinking about and, and praying about and studying and really receiving from God, and I'm just going to share that. So uh, it's not necessarily a topical, we're not talking about world events today, but we're just talking about um, just a word that I feel like the Lord wants to. To, uh, to speak to everybody listening through what he's been teaching me. So um, if you haven't yet, make sure that you subscribe to the podcast. It's the best way that we can push this out there for the world to hear. We've had some exciting things happening this past week. I don't know if you guys have been following me on social media or whatnot, but I haven't had a, a podcast episode. I've been a little bit busy uh, last week because we actually launched um, Spencer Nakamura Ministries. So we're so excited. Uh, my wife and I decided to make everything that we're doing in terms of media ministry, podcast, YouTube, to make everything that we're doing kind of um, legitimize it into an organization. So we are in the process now um, of acquiring our 501c3 status and uh, just making what we're doing an organization. So we have a dream, and our dream is to, to preach the gospel to, to millions through our media ministry online, as well as help equip the local church and, and just help people where they're at. All across the world, we've seen uh, this ministry, and it, we've seen it grow to a global scale, and that's just, it's just incredible. So thank you so much for being a part um, this far, and this is really just the beginning, and that's what we're believing for, is that God has, has so much more in store for for us. And so I just want to say from the bottom of my heart, a profound thank you to everybody that has been listening and following the journey for a few years. And if you have, and you want to be a part of the ministry and you want to, um, you know, uh, give and become a partner of what we're doing now that now there's an option there. So I'll link it in the show notes in the description. You, there's a link to our website where you can get all the different information of what we're doing. And also if you want to donate or if you want a partner that's open to you. And of course, thank you so much to those that, you know, are even considering doing that. We just feel like the collective unity and, and, the collective effort of what's going on in the future is now and in this ministry is going to come together and we're really going to make something special for the future. So thank you guys so, so, so much for just being a part of this far. Uh, and I'm excited to, to continue going. We also have merch that we dropped and that's also on the website that you can go and you can order and get something for yourself, get something for a friend. And I would really appreciate it. So let's just jump into this episode of the future is now. So today's episode is just going to be a little bit different. I just feel like there's there's some some verses that I've just been focusing on and the Lord has been speaking to me and he's been challenging me and encouraging me. And so I thought this would just be a great opportunity to to share some some insight into what I've been feeling, what the Lord has been speaking and it's just it's it's tough in a world that is so fast paced and you have a million things going on and your calendar is always full and you always have a meeting to go to and you always have somebody that needs you. And I just feel like sometimes we just we kind of just miss it and we kind of just get a little bit out of touch with with what God wants. And I've just been super challenged on just the basics of of God's love, of his provision, of what life really means, of what's important in life and slowing down. And so I'm excited. We're, we'll just jump into this. You know, I've been reading through Second Thessalonians. And if you haven't, uh, you know, studied a lot of the Bible, I just want to encourage you, you know, the first probably five, six years of me being saved, I, I really didn't study a ton with 
uh, resources other than my Bible. And now, mind you, I, you know, you can read your Bible and you and God can totally speak to you. And it's, you know, it's alive and it's active and it's sharper than any double-edged sword. And there's truth and there's life within the Word of God. I, I totally un- understand that and believe that. Still, I just think that sometimes when when you have study aids, when you have commentaries, when you have when you can go deeper into the meaning and understand what something's saying in Greek, what it's saying saying in Hebrew, what the cultural context is, when you can have a solid foundation of understanding what's going on in, in scripture, then it doesn't change the Bible, but it, it makes the Bible come alive a lot more in your life. And so, you know, the, even the past couple of years, I've just been diving a lot more into study, into commentaries, into historical commentaries. And it really does bring a new element to the way that you read. And you realize how beautiful and significant the Bible is. You realize that it's not some historical text that has teachings for you, that has principles that everybody can live by, but it really is just a masterpiece, a masterful work of God's love that is woven together and the cross references and everything that that coincides and that's linear and that makes sense and it's cohesive and it it really does put to shame anybody that says the Bible is man-made because once you really start t- uh, packing uh, or diving into scripture you realize that 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 statement is absolute nonsense so I've been reading through second Thessalonians 3 5 with um, a commentary of Charles Spurgeon. And it's just been, it's been incredible. Cause I, you know, I've read second Thessalonians, like, you know, a thousand times before, and there's just things that you, you pass over and you glance by. And so what I really want to focus on is second Thessalonians in the last chapter, chapter three, and it's really one verse, you know? So this is a, a book that Paul is speaking to the church of Thessalonica. And really, I mean, both of the letters of Thessalonians is Paul commending the church, and saying that they've done a great job and, and telling them that they're, they're bearing fruit and doing good works. And, you know, this is a church that, you know, he established. And so he's taking his pride in it and just saying, Hey, good job guys. And I love that in chapter three, the final, uh, chapter of second Thessalonians, it's three, five. And, and this is what Paul says. He says, may the Lord direct your hearts to the love of God and to the steadfastness of Christ. May the Lord direct your hearts to the love of God and the steadfastness of Christ. And I know it's like, I read that and you're probably thinking the same thing that I've thought a million times of like, yeah, no, good verse. Great verse, Spencer. Yeah, no, I know that the, may the Lord direct your hearts. Cool. To the love of God and the steadfastness of Christ. Yeah. You know, it's, it's cool verse, but so many times I've blown past that verse and I, it's just been speaking to me so much in, in regards to number one, here's something that's really cool. It is when you really pa- dive down into it, what we're talking about is the matters of the heart. And really in first Thessalonians three, five, this is the Trinity. Like we see the Trinity in one verse, in my opinion, which is really cool. Cause it says, may the Lord. Okay. So it says, may the Lord direct your hearts to the love of God, God. Okay. And to the steadfastness of Christ of Christ. Okay. So basically it's saying God in, in three different ways, the Lord. And then it says God. And then it says steadfastness of Christ. And what's cool is there's the distinction because may the Lord direct your hearts. Now, what is the Holy Spirit's job? It's the Holy Spirit's job to the matters of the heart. The matters of the heart and the transformation of the heart and, and inviting the Holy Spirit into our heart, it's, it's the Holy Spirit's job to direct our heart and, and to change our heart. And so what's cool is it's basically saying, man, may the Holy Spirit direct your hearts to the love of the Father, of God the Father, into the steadfastness of Jesus. How cool is that? And that's what I'm saying. We're talking about one 
verse here that has so much packed into it already of like, man, may the Lord direct your heart. May the Holy Spirit direct your hearts to the love of the Father and the steadfastness of Jesus. Wow, that's so cool. And it's so cool to be able to see that the Holy Spirit or the Trinity is in one verse, all three of them. And there, that's in a lot of areas of scripture. Um, but, you know, there's there's the people that argue the Trinity is never in scripture. The Trinity is never in scripture. But a lot of times it's because they really don't study the word and they don't understand what things are saying. And secondly, I just want to talk about the love of God for a second. Now, it says, may the Lord direct your hearts to the love of God. And I love this verse because in Jeremiah 17, 9, uh, Jeremiah says, the heart is deceitful above all things and beyond cure. Who can understand it? And, and if you're listening, I'm sure that you are in alignment with the understanding that our hearts are deceitful things. Like they are so frustrating sometimes, right? It's like, why? Sometimes it's like your heart isn't even you sometimes. It feels emotions that you don't want it to feel. And it, it thinks things that it, you don't want it to think. And, you know, in Jeremiah 17, 9, the word there for heart, the Hebrew word, it actually means more than just emotions, but it actually means like the desires, the will uh, of who you are and the reasons that you make decisions. It's like your innermost being. That's what we're talking about in heart. And so when it says that may the Lord direct your heart, it's not just may the Lord direct your emotions and feelings, but it's may the Lord direct your innermost being. Let it, let it direct the very core and the most vulnerable parts of us. And because it can be deceitful and it is deceitful. I don't know if you've ever had a bad relationship where you were like, man, this person is going to be the one I end up with forever. Right. And it's like your heart believes that so much. It's like, man, I'm going to spend the rest of my life with this person. And then maybe it just crumbles and falls. And it turns out that the dude or the girl is actually like the worst person in the spawn of Satan. Just kidding. But maybe it's like, oh man, or this job is the best job in the world. And all of a sudden something happens and you, you lose your passion for it. Or there's just so many ways that our hearts can deceive us. And it, it deceives us by creating a false reality of what really matters versus what doesn't matter. And the heart is so deceitful and it needs guiding because here's the thing, like we're talking about the most, the innermost being of ourselves. And that's not something to, to shame. It's not something to punish. And, and what happens a lot of times with believers is we get so afraid of our heart and we get so afraid of that aspect that we actually just desensitize ourselves and we shut everything down and we don't feel and we don't have emotions. And, and we're so afraid of, uh, of, uh, our heart wanting something contrary to what God wants. And because of that, we just shut off emotions and shut off areas of our lives and we don't deal with things. But that's not what the verse is saying. Like, yeah, Jeremiah is saying, hey, the heart is deceitful above all things and beyond cure. Who can understand it? But in the next verse, you know what he says? He says, Yahweh, God. Of course, God understands our heart because he made our heart and we were made in his image. So of course he understands how our heart works and what it needs. And so this is a matter of, man, Second Thessalonians 3, 5 is talking about, hey, the Trinity works together to do what? Man, may the Lord direct your heart to, to what? The love of God. And that's what we have to do when it comes to our hearts is we have to be directed towards the love of God. God, because otherwise, you know, it's like our heart is this um, erratic, confused mess, and, and it doesn't have a direction. It doesn't have submission. It doesn't have anything to follow. And when that happens, it, it just creates chaos. I like I liken it to like a five-year-old, a six-year-old that's like playing the clarinet. I play the clarinet. 
growing up. And not to brag or anything, but I was first chair in uh, Stahl Junior High, seventh through ninth grade. No big deal, but I was first chair. And um, I actually, okay, I actually was first chair for a little bit, but then I didn't want to practice it, it because the first chair always gets the solo parts and I was afraid of that. So I actually just lost on purpose and became second chair, but I could have been first chair if I wasn't lazy. But anyways, that's besides the point. Um, but I'm just saying like, imagine a five, a six year old first learning the clarinet. Actually, that's kind of young. Let's like bring them to 10 years old, 10 year old learning to play the clarinet. And you know, if there's, if you just hand them an instrument, You'd, that is capable of something beautiful, but it needs direction in order to produce something beautiful, right? If you just hold uh, or give a 10-year-old a clarinet and say, hey, why don't you get, put down some sheet music to Beethoven and say, hey, go ahead, go go ahead and play this. It's going to be a disaster. Your ears are going to be bleeding. You're going to tell them to stop. You know, it's like it's like when you go to the kids' choirs, right? It's like the, the elementary or the junior high choirs or, or band concerts. And you're like, what song are you even trying to play here? Because everybody doesn't know what they're doing. But that's just, I liken the heart to that, where it's like, man, there's so much beauty that's capable in the desires of our heart and what our heart produces in the innermost beings of ourselves. There's so much beauty that is possible to produce. But a lot of times people just are not willing to submit it to a governance that will lead it towards fruit. And we are we refuse to submit our hearts to the Father who not only made it, but also knows how to direct it towards beauty and towards production and, and towards things that matter and things that will produce good things in our lives. We're running around and, and that's why you have people that are 30, 40, 50, 60 years old and you look at your life and you're like, man, why are you such a disaster? Why is your life so bad and man, chaotic? It's because if our heart unchecked and our heart unsubmitted to God is going to lead us towards things that we don't want, that we think that we want in the moment, but we actually don't want and it's actually destructive for us. But what we have to do is we have to take our instrument, our heart, and understand, okay, this is, is capable of producing something incredible in my life. However, I need to learn and I need to grow and I need to submit this to a composer and to a creator that, that understands the beauty of it. And that's God. Who understands the heart? Who can understand it? Yahweh. God. God the Father understands. And through this Holy Spirit that it's at work in our heart, our, the Holy Spirit will lead us towards the love of God. And, and that just also goes to the picture of, can we just talk about God's love for just a second here? Because I think that sometimes we, we, we discuss the love of God, we preach about the love of God, we, we read about the love of God, but let's, let's just realize how incredible the love of God is, that there is a God in heaven who created the universe, he created Mount Rainier, he created Mount Everest, he created the oceans and the earth and the Grand Canyon and everything beautiful that we see. He created the capability of man bearing his own image, and in that he is omnipotent and he is omnipresent, which means his love is everywhere at all times. And his love is actually available for us. And it is the greatest thing that we could possibly know. It is the greatest. Living in the love of God is an experience and it's something that to be treasured and something to be valued and there is rest in it. You know, I love Matthew eleven twenty eight, 28, where Jesus says, come to me all who are weary and I will give you 
rest. My yoke is easy and my burden is light. And what I liken it to and what I feel like is like God's love is like the most extravagant garden you could ever imagine. It's the most, and then I see a most extravagant garden and in the midst of the garden, in the middle, there's a giant banquet table and there's just a, this huge feast there with the best drink, the best food, the best ambiance, environment, beautiful flowers. And it's almost like, you know, there it's the love of God is surrounded by a wall. Okay. Because every great garden and every great environment needs protection and it, it, it needs barriers to be able to protect what's inside. And the love of God is protected through these godly walls that cannot be scaled. They cannot be overcome and they cannot be broken through. And it's almost like all of humanity has a window to what this looks like. And all of humanity can see through the, the iron bars, this garden and this feast. And, and, and we're, but what we're trying to do as people is we're trying to build ladders and we're trying to build fortresses and we're trying to build up like the Tower of Babel on ourselves and get on each other's shoulders because we're, we're thinking, man, we just need to climb over this wall. We just need to get over this wall to get to the garden. And all the while, there is a gate opened entrance where Jesus is just sitting there ready to invite people in. And it's like, he's looking around at all these people building ladders and trying to get over the wall that you cannot get over by our own merit, our own strength. You can't climb over it. And all the while he's sitting at the entrance and it's like, he's looking at you and he's looking at me and he's saying, Hey, like you can, you can, Oh, you want to come into the garden? Oh no. Yeah, you can. It's totally open for you. Like you don't need to do this. You don't need to strive and, and, and try these things and try these methods that you think is going to get you to what you want to experience in the love of God. Like I, there's an open invitation right here and he's holding out his hand and he's just waiting for us to take his hand into the love of God and experience it in all that it is. But like we, we just try for some reason to get there on our own and, and we try to get to a place of peace and joy in our lives on our own and based off of achievement or relationships with people or, you know, status and notoriety. And what I've just been challenged with is, man, like Second Thessalonians three five, may the Lord direct your hearts to the love of God and to the steadfastness of Christ. Like maybe if my one focus was understanding, like in my prayer was Holy Spirit today, would you just direct my heart? Would you direct my heart to the love of the Father? I think life would get a lot simpler. I think things that stress you out wouldn't stress you out quite as much anymore. I think things that, that keep you up at night wouldn't necessarily keep you up at night anymore. Like when we have this deep, deep, deep desire to just know the Father and be governed by the Holy Spirit and live in submission, because by the way, being in the garden, like I said, you can't, it's protected and you can't climb the walls to get over it. And guess what? When you're in the garden, you live by the gardener's rules. Like you are entering into the kingdom of God and the kingdom of God is governed by the king. And you have to live by the rules of the king. Otherwise, you don't get to live in the kingdom. It doesn't make sense to expect to be in a kingdom of peace and joy and fruit and life. And then all of a sudden decide that you want to defile or defile. You want to defy the king that put these precedents into motion so that you could experience what you're experiencing. That's the rebellion of people is to say, hey, I want God on my terms. Well, you can have something on your terms, but it's not going to be God because God lives by his own terms. He is the creator of the universe of the heavens and the earth. So if we want to step into his kingdom of love and peace and joy, if we want those 
those things, those are not th- a supplement of God. Those are what God actually is. Like he establishes joy. He establishes peace. He establishes um, love. And so if we really want that and live in that kingdom, then guess what? We have to live by the king's rules. Otherwise, he won't allow us to live in there. And that's just common sense. But, but the rebellion in us, in us wants to, to spring up and say, no, 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 I, I want what I want on my terms. That's just not how it works. It's not how it works. And that's why we have to submit. We have to allow the Holy Spirit to lead us and to direct our hearts to the love of God. And if we do that, then our heart that is normally just a clanging cymbal, that is just a squeaky clarinet, that is just a, a, a offbeat drum, all of a sudden we now can see ourselves and in, in our hearts and our instruments into a beautiful work of symphony, of a Beethoven, of a Mozart, that plays melodies and music in our life that makes sense and that people appreciate and that we enjoy playing. You want the pleasures of life, you want to enjoy life as it is, then let the Holy Spirit lead you and direct your heart into the love of God. And that's just what I've been challenged with lately. Let's slow things down. Let's make things simpler. Let's stop thinking about how to complicate our complicate our lives and allow God to just govern our hearts and submit our will to him. So um, I hope that you appreciate that as much as I do. I just have loved that verse, man. Second Thessalonians 3, 5 has been so, so, so good. And again, um, we're starting some incredible things. We're trying to get some resources out to you guys and, and start uh, doing some live. We're doing live streams every Friday at 5 p.m. on YouTube now. And I did it on Instagram. So we're starting that up. And if you would love to be a partner, if you would love to partner with the ministry, even if it's something as small as a couple bucks a month, man, we I, I would just be eternally grateful because I do believe in what we're building here. And I do believe that we are going to reach millions, millions for the gospel. And we are going to make a global impact. And so thank you so much for listening to the podcast. Make sure you leave a re- review and I'll see you guys next time on The Future Is Now.